1: Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess and we work for TVPS and our aim is to
3: get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm going to start with the jingle, by the way, because I don't know if you remember, but last week I said I'd sing it. Now, I feel like I have to uphold that promise. I'm calling it a promise, even if nobody wants me to do it. Okay. Go for it. Here we go. HIV hero or history. Every week we have to solve this mystery. An event or a person Sarah will describe. If you like our podcast, you better subscribe. Oh, that was beautiful. What did you do halfway through that? Because I saw you injure yourself while I was singing. Yeah, I've just knocked my elbow
1: on my chair from my enthusiastic raving.
3: Well, I saw you holding yourself and it was like, oh, is it that bad?
1: (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Giving myself a little hug. Okay, it'll be over in a minute. (laughs) I genuinely hurt my elbow. (sighs) Right, are you ready? I'm not sure. Wow, well, let's just look, put your mind at rest. I know last week was was very harrowing. Oh, it was so sad. So, yes, yeah, so we did have feedback that it was sad. <laughs> it was so sad. Um, what does everyone want after the high of a long Bank Holiday Easter weekend? A sad podcast episode you are all welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going a bit more light-hearted this week, but we well, it's partly to do with the 80s. I just can't leave that decade. You can't, can you? Were you born in the 80s? No! <laughs> no.
3: Oh, well, but so, okay, so childhood was in the 80s, which is why you're, where your obsession was born. Yes, I think it must be. I know you're not as keen on the 80s. I like the fashion. I like the music. I, I feel like I really dislike them since we started doing this podcast. Well, yes,
1: okay. But in terms of music, one of the best decades, surely. I mean, a, an amazing decade. I will agree with you. Started for me with Bucks Fizz, Land of Make Believe. Oh, that video is so good. Where it's almost like a paddling pool. Yes. Many happy hours pretending to be Cheryl Baker singing along to that song. Yes, that was me on the landing at home. I don't know why I said. Why would I do it on the landing? Maybe because it was like a stage with the stairs? Uh, no, I think a lot of, I did a lot of playing on the landing. It was a good place. Really? Mm. Oh, inconvenient place. People stepping over me all the time, but that's where I pretended to be Cheryl Baker. Yeah, in lots of other countries, they might not be aware of what a landing is. Oh, what, the
3: bit at the top of the stairs? Yeah, literally it. Well done, Sarah. That is all the explanation. It's just <laughs> you know that big square like flat bit at the top of some stairs, we call that a landing. If you call it a landing where you are, I'm really sorry that we've just over explained what a landing is.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we've cleared that up. Do you know my other favourite song from the early 80s? Go on. Dranglers, Golden Brown. There is no bigger contrast, I think, between two songs in the whole of music history. And it was only you that told me what that song was actually about. What did I tell you? I feel like it's about... Drugs, isn't it? Yes, heroin. Yes, yeah, yeah golden brown.
3: Yeah, going to have people write in now. Going, no, it's not.
1: Oh, but I was looking at this the other day, and no, yes, it is. Yeah, it, reference. Yes, I was singing that when I was little. I was in <laughs> first school singing about heroin, whilst being Cheryl Baker. So there you go. What a weird contrast. <laughs> oh, bless you. I can just
3: imagine little Sarah, golden brown, texture, sun. <laughs> yes. Coming away um, while you're playing with your Cindys. Yes, I did have Cindys. I, I know. I feel like we talked about this on here, but we didn't, did we? We were actually chatting about it in a team meeting. Did we? Yeah. You, you, Lauren, who we actually have to give Lauren a massive shout out because she is amazing. She kind of fact checks our podcasts. She listens to them through, make sure there are no errors and things like that. So shout out to Lauren. Hi. But no, we were chatting with Lauren in a team meeting about Barbies
1: and Cindys. Oh, was this the same team meeting when I said, oh, is everyone looking forward to getting their Easter eggs at the weekend from the mum and dad? And you lot just went, what? And I was like, it's just me, just me then. Yes, it was. Yes. And you were like, do you
3: guys not get Easter eggs? And you were saying you get them from both sets of parents, both yours and
1: your husband? Yeah. So did you, did you get good <laughs> Easter eggs? Yes. We got loads of Easter, de- Easter eggs. I can't even say I'm so excited. I've never really grown up. There you go. Okay, let's do some pop trivia, Miss Harding. What was the best-selling song of the 80s?
3: I want to say... No, I was going to say Candle in the Wind, but that was in the 90s, wasn't it? Okay, best-selling song of the 80s,
1: Bad, Michael Jackson. No, Band-Aid, do they know it's Christmas? Which band spent the longest at number one in the 80s? Okay, let me have a think. Which band? Who was big in the 80s? Is it Dead or Alive? No, it was Frankie Goes to Hollywood, not with Relax, as I thought, with Two Tribes. Nine weeks, nine weeks at number one. Frankie Goes to Hollywood, my favourite band the 80s. You love Holly Johnson, don't you? I do love Holly Johnson. I think he's epic. Not here to reminisce about 80s music. It's got to be HIV related. And this week we are looking at pop culture and its links to HIV. And to be fair, we're not actually restricting ourselves to the 80s because there are songs throughout the history of HIV that have links or have been written in tribute, and some of them are too good not to be included if we just said, let's do the 80s. So we're looking at all the music, all the decades. I love this. This is right up my street. More up your street than mine, but we'll see how we go. Now, look, there's tons of them, so I've picked a few. Otherwise, we'd be here for many days.
3: And I'm imagining we probably, I mean, we're a small charity, so we. I'm, I'm assuming you're not going to play me any songs because I guess we don't have any money to
1: have any rights to get them. No. Oh, you could sing, sing them if you know them. Okay, I'll sing if I know. I like that. Okay, let's do that. So, look, the obvious link would be to do singers or band members who were affected by HIV themselves, but we don't really like doing the obvious route. So we're looking at songs that reference HIV, And we'll come back to singers at a later date because, you know, this is a massive topic and we can't cover it all in one day. So let's see how many of these songs we knew referred to HIV. Are you ready? Yes. Listening ears ready? I'm honestly, you've never had more of my attention. Okay, vocal cords warmed up. Yes, they are. (laughs) So the first one is Elton John and it was called Last Song. No. I don't think I know that. Do you, is that one that you know? Have you heard it before? No, I didn't. I have listened to it. It's very slow. Quite moving, actually. OK. I didn't recognise it. That song was dedicated to Ryan White, who we featured in the last podcast. Yes. OK. Face the stigma in America because he contracted HIV via a blood transfusion. Now, dedicated to him, but it's not about him so the story of the song is about an estranged father who's coming to terms with the sexuality of his gay son amid the news of him dying from an AIDS-related illness. Whoa, that's heavy. Very heavy. And Elton John said at the time that uh, he cried when he wrote it. He found it very hard to sing it. It was very moving. So, and it obviously came from the heart. And you can hear that actually in the song. He's very moving. He's good at doing movings. I mean, look at Candle in the Wind. It just conveys emotion so well, doesn't it? I love Can You Feel the Love
3: Tonight. I actually have seen him live. Really? Yeah, I saw him at Henley Festival a few years
1: ago and he was brilliant. Oh, he is a very, he's just a natural performer, isn't he? And and what a dress sense, my oh. Okay, you ready for your next one? Yes.
3: So the next one is Lou Reed. Love Lou Reed.
1: Uh, song's called Halloween Parade I don't know if I
3: know that This is, I Again. feel bad I'm, I'm letting everyone down I can't sing any of these Does it go like Halloween Parade
1: Ooh. I was just making that up That's right Lou Reed was known for singing like that Oh yeah, of course He was uh, he's doing gravelly, isn't he? Gravelly, yes <laughs> And he was known for singing about The grittier aspects of, of life in New York City, right? That, that's kind of the, the theme for his songs so this one is about the annual Halloween parade and he's singing about the fact that he is attending the parade on his own because he's lost his friend to AIDS and then lost lots of other friends from Greenwich Village the gay hub in New York. That's what the song's about. Poignant, sad. Yeah. Lou Reed with
3: The Velvet Underground, one of my favorite songs is called I'm Waiting for the Man and You'll probably know if you hear it. Yes. But that's about waiting for drugs. I was just thinking um, about our earlier reference to Golden Brown. Just thought I'd give you another bit more information. Yeah, it says, I'm waiting for my man. He's waiting for his drug dealer.
1: Oh, I should listen to it. I'll probably love it.
3: It's a great song. I'm waiting for my man. (laughs) And it says, dollars in my hand. I'm just trying to sing something now. I'm crowbarring anything just to sing. Okay, you definitely, definitely know the next song. PLC, Waterfalls. What a song. Now, I did know that this one had HIV references in it, I have to
1: say. I'm at work, in case you can't tell, by the sirens going past. I've said this before, haven't we? We work very close to the police station. Oh, do you know, I couldn't hear any going past. Oh, no. <laughs> Just for everything and... You... You said it was just blotted out by the
3: sirens. Oh, you're just like, I've got, no, your mouth's moving, but I have no idea what you're actually saying. No, but
1: there's a tea, please, cast just gone past... Right, sorry, let's go back. TLC Waterfalls. I did know this one actually had HIV references. It does. So they're singing about the illicit drug trade in America, but also about the HIV epidemic. And you can see in the video as well, women in a relationship convincing a partner to have sex without a condom. And then later, boyfriend's looking at himself in the mirror because he's getting sicker. The lyrics, so the lyrics are interesting because they say, um, you know, his health is fading. He doesn't know why, three letters to his final resting in place they don't mention HIV but that's what they're talking about yes yes
3: completely and so it's not that that direct reference but it's it is obvious what they're singing about and again they were like an, an early group to start tackling in a more direct way than say John and Lou Reed they're just sort of singing about more experiences and people passing away that was much more direct i don't know if you're going to mention this and if you do i guess i'll edit this out because i don't want to ruin it in sign of the times by prince the song he says right at the start in france there was a man who who was killed by a big disease with a little name so it was yeah he referenced that and that was again another really early reference to hiv in the song but again not literally i was gonna say singing hiv i don't know if there are any songs that sing hiv are there
1: it's not like the ymca no <laughs> Oh we should do one though oh, can you imagine I don't know how you do the H But the I and the V
3: Yeah that's quite simple isn't it Hmm I like it
2: okay
1: right the next one pet shop boys can't do this without including the pet shop boys can we i did not know they had any songs that referenced HIV there are there are a couple but the one i've chosen is called being boring it's not one of their biggest hits and the reason i went for that is because they're talking about what it's like to grow up and come out during the early years of the epidemic which we have talked about Before the lyrics, now I sit with different faces in rented rooms and foreign places. All the people I was kissing, some are here and some are missing. That's a real heartbreaking lyric, isn't it? I love the Pet Shop Boys too. I think it's just bands with gay men in them that I really like. They're your
3: favourite.
1: Yeah, that's just what I'm drawn to. I don't know why. I don't. (laughs) What can you say to that? (laughs) Nothing. I've got nothing. Like, okay. Right. Oh, now, next one. I could. I just can't get this song out of my head ever since I kind of noted it down. Janet Jackson, together again. Is that everywhere I go? Yeah. The smile
3: I see. Oh, that's about HIV. Well, no, it's a tribute. Well, I'm
1: glad you've added it in then. Is this just like a wild card? It's not a wild card. So they either reference HIV or they're dedicated to someone HIV. So for her, this is a tribute to a friend who had recently passed away from AIDS. But she also dedicated it to all those who'd lost loved ones around the world. So She'd received inspiration for the song from the fan mail she was getting, listening to stories of others whose lives have been touched by HIV. That was a comfort to her, and that's why she wrote the song. And I love that it's an upbeat one. It's a really upbeat Mm. song, isn't it? Really joyful. Absolutely. Once you hear it, you can't get it out of your head. I'll be singing it for the rest of the day now. Oh, next one. This is one of my favourites. Salt and Pepper. Let's talk about sex. Fantastic.
3: I love Salt and Pepper so much. I honestly I'm I still listen to them these
1: days I Aww. feel like they stand the test of time I think they do I think your love for them might be as strong as my love for Nana Cherry I just love all that all their hip-hop around that time
3: it was Aww. so good wasn't it but yes I love Let's Talk About Sex it's brilliant and didn't they do a
1: version a slightly different one They did. So let's talk about sex. Doesn't specifically mention HIV. It was a huge hit around the world. All the usual places, you know, Australia, Germany, Netherlands, Portugal, Switzerland and Zimbabwe. I would not have thought it would be number one there, but it was. They did an alternate version of the same song and it's called Let's Talk About AIDS. And it was released to radio on a promotional single and then included as a B-side. So it was never a kind of a song in its own right. If you, in other words, it didn't kind of chart. In its right. And they changed the lyrics to address the spread of AIDS and HIV. Now, I am not going to sing any of this, but I can give you a flavour of what they talk about in the song. Yeah. So they're talking about if you come up HIV positive or have AIDS, We just want you to know there are treatments. And the earlier, the sooner detected, the better off you'll be. So it's quite kind of, it's really good advice, but it's quite direct. There's no mistake. And it's all about HIV. Then they go on to say you don't get AIDS from kisses, touches, mosquito bites. Mosquito bites is a new one for me.
3: No, I've definitely heard that. I've heard that as a a, a myth type thing where people have thought that that's a, a method of contracting.
1: Really? Oh, okay. Well, I think it's because of the malaria confusion. Okay. Well, they've included it. Well done then. You don't get it from hugging, toilet seats or telephones. You get it from sex or dirty drug needles, anal or oral. And then they go on to say that women can give it to men and men mostly to women. Do they mean men can also give it to men, but they just don't want to say it? Oh, wait, read the lyric again. It says women can give it to men and men mostly to women.
3: Do you know what I instantly thought actually when you first said that i thought about do you remember the metro charity fantastic Mm. hiv charity in london go and check them out they did a campaign called and i'm gonna swear fuck equal do you remember yeah so it was all around how we all say oh anyone can contract and no one's at any more risk than anyone else but that's actually not true if you're a woman receiving sex from a man or if you're a bottom as in you're a gay man and you're submissive, you're actually at much more risk and much more likely to contract, say, that one time you have sex, than if you are the man who's penetrating. So I,
1: I guess I thought that's what that meant initially, but I'm not sure. No, I don't know. But they go on to say, you know, there's no cure, you've got to be sure to protect yourself or don't have sex anymore. So a reference to abstinence. And then the ways that you can contract it. Mothers might give it to their babies through the womb or through birth. AIDS got no smell or taste. It doesn't care about your race. Oh, you see a nice, kind face. You think you're safe. Sorry, that's just not the case. They're good lyrics.
3: I think they're amazing for doing that. Being so direct. It's what people need. It reminds me of the Lord Fowler campaign.
1: Yes, it is of the same ilk, isn't it?
3: Yes, just people need this information. I'm just gonna be really blunt about it. So there you go I think that's my favourite one Of all the ones we talked about
1: I think say so too I mean It was never going to be played much On the radio Was it Let's be honest It is quite explicit I, I don't think It's explicit In kind of Today's terms but, but Back then Well Even just Let's
3: talk about sex Was I remember Lots of controversy Around that in itself So I can't imagine How much them Reworking it To have words AIDS in And anal Oral you're, I'm sure people Went bananas <laughs>
1: Yes, I'm sure they would have done Completely missing the point of the single Yes <laughs> Focusing on what's offended them Okay, so that's Salt and Pepper Feel free to sing a bit of it if you want
3: I like it at the start when she's like Spend around a hook hooking up on her Uncanny yeah. yeah Like they're here People would know it, wouldn't they? Let's talk about sex, baby That one
1: Everyone knows that song
3: I don't know how does it sound. Let's talk about AIDS, baby it's Still goes, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 it still works, definitely Do you remember when we went to Pride? Because we often played the song, Let's Talk About Sex Because obviously we want people to talk about sex And the more open you can be about it, the better Especially sexual health And so we took a little stereo And we were we were going to be at Reading Pride for the day We'd like made a little playlist And we had like, Let's Talk About Sex on it and Stuff, we're going to play it really loud Get people's attention, brilliant and we Turned up, and I turned it on And then like right opposite where we were stationed Our little stall, they turned on The most ear-shattering speakers <laughs> I've ever heard in my life, so no one could actually hear it. It's a bit sad, really. All the prep for um, absolutely no payout. Oh no! Your carefully put together playlist. well it's like a, where someone turns speakers on and you all
1: just get blown backwards. You're like, yeah. oh no! Right, the next one, Madonna. Right, this is on her. That's a girl. Start that again. That didn't go well at all, did it? Right. So the next one is Madonna on her erotica album in 1992. There's a song on there called In This Life, and it is a love letter to her friend and one-time roommate, Martin Burgoyne. He was only 23 when he died from complications from AIDS. He was a bartender at Studio 54, underground club in America that Keith Haring went to. He became one of Madonna's first dancers. But as she became more famous, he was dropped because, I mean, he wasn't a professional dancer. He was kind of helping her out, really, in the beginning. They stayed friends and he was invited to her wedding to Sean Penn. We love Sean Penn.
3: and We've talked about the wedding
1: before because Keith Haring took Andy Warhol his plus one, didn't he? No. Well, I've got that Andy Warhol went as Martin's plus one. So I'm imagining he just went as everyone's plus one. I like it. I think he just went as everybody. He was determined to get to that wedding. So he agreed to go with
3: everybody. <laughs> Anyone. Andy Warhol's just everybody's plus
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> But he was Keith Heron's mentor, so that's how they knew each other. And obviously he knew Martin from Studio 54. In the song about Martin going before his time, obviously very young, he was only 23. He didn't want his friends to see him cry. So he knew he was dying, but he didn't want to tell everyone. And Madonna sings that she didn't have a chance to say goodbye.
3: Oh, that's so sad.
1: I know. In the same ilk, Cindy Lauper. I know you love Cindy Lauper. I do love Cindy Lauper, actually.
3: I like this... her in Romy and Michelle, where they're dancing to Time After Time.
1: Well, she sang a song called Boy Blue. And again, it's the same thing. It's written for a friend who passed away from HIV-related complications early in the epidemic and she was saying you know she wrote the song about him it's very personal she didn't think the song was good enough but she went on to perform it anyway but she found it really hard to perform I think often if things are very personal it's very hard isn't it she said the song's also for lots of other people lots of talented people that have passed away or struggle to live with HIV so that's why so many
3: of these songs that are dedicated to people Aren't released as singles Are more kind of B-sides or album tracks Because of the fact it must be very difficult Yeah, you
1: don't necessarily want to be performing it the whole time, do you? No, no, I don't think you do actually I think that's a really good point Although the next song, George Michael, Jesus to a Child Like Jesus to a Child A fitting, a fitting tribute to him that was Did you like that? It was like he was here, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was so that was written in the wake of his then partner, Anselmo Velepa, who died age-related death. George was twenty-seven when he met Anselmo. And shortly after they met, he knew that he he was terminally ill. So Anselmo was a dress designer. And they met in the hotel lobby. They quite literally their eyes met. How did be in the early nineties? very romantic. He died in 1993 and George said on Desert Island Discs in 2007 that he was the first love of his life. Which part
3: of Jesus to a child or is it the whole song that's just like a dedication to him or is there
1: like a specific lyric or? It's the whole song is kind of dedicated to him and about him and about how George is feeling at the time. So again it's a tribute that's not Actually talking specifically about HIV And do you know there are very few songs That actually address it head on
3: It's why we're going to write our YMCA version of HIV I think I've noticed a gap I think we could And we know I'm good at songwriting Because we've all heard the jingle at the start, right? So it just seems like a no brainer
1: Oh, you are a lyrical genius
3: I never thought I'd be able to get uh, the word subscribe to rhyme with anything. There is one song I
1: found that does talk directly about HIV and AIDS. And it's by the Wu-Tang Clan and it's called America. And it talks about conspiracy theories that are running rampant in the black community. And it's saying to listeners, AIDS kills. And it's possibly one of the most important songs about HIV and AIDS because it is directed at a demographic of the population that needed to hear the facts about AIDS. Now, not a big rap fan. I can't talk knowledgeably about the can't talk knowledgeably about the Wu Tang
3: So bear with me. Because there's lots of people in it. And there's um Rizza and Jizza. Riza has recently done um, a documentary which was amazing, uh, called Of Mikes and Men. And that I, I have to highly recommend. That it was very good. Okay. I mean
1: really familiar with their word I've heard of them so there's a song. you know that
3: song check out my gravel pit that's that's a really commercial one that they did mm. mystery I mean they would hate that that's how I'm but that is the most commercial
1: song I can think of that they've done brilliant okay I do know they were formed in 1992 their name derives from a backronym, which is a phrase that uses the initial of each word to spell out another word so for example they say that Wu-Tang stands for Witty, Unpredictable Talent and Natural Game. They came up with a few acronyms that their name refers to. I can't repeat any of the others because it's a lot Well, I stress.
3: mean, I already dropped the apple <laughs> earlier.
1: Oh, you did? If I'd have known you were going to do that, I'd have included all of them. But I'll stick with the one that's clean enough for Denise's ears. Yes. Okay, now, why am I telling you all this? Because if you understand their origins, you understand why this song is so important? So all the other songs that we've talked about, they barely mentioned HIV, apart from salt and pepper, and that was a B-side. And you know what you were saying about, um, let's talk about sex. When they would start that, they're saying, you know, can we talk about this? Can we mention sex? It's right at the beginning of the song. So, you know, sex wasn't really talked about in America. UK wasn't much better. So when the Wu-Tang Clan did America, it was really hard hitting because nobody else was doing this. And their song's all about HIV and AIDS. Young black men talking about HIV. It just didn't happen in the 90s, did it? It really, I can't find any other examples. I'm not going to read out any of the lyrics for two reasons, possibly three, actually. One, I'm a middle-aged white woman. It would sound ridiculous. Two, because they're quite explicit. Three, because I butchered salt and pepper. Let's talk about sex. And I don't want to do that again.
3: Well, I think we can all go away and listen to ourselves and maybe we'll chat about it
1: next next week. <laughs>
3: Without mentioning any of these. They're
1: talking in very explicit terms about, you know, if you've not had sex for a long time, you see someone you like, you have sex, and then months later you're on a respirator, in weeks you might die. It's that basic. So there's no doubt whatsoever about what HIV can do to you. And the chorus, they call it a chorus in a rap song. Uh, Yeah, it's still the same thing, isn't it? I I guess so, because they basically say AIDS kills. So it's that blunt they talk about you know men who sleep around don't use condoms because they think aids was a government was government made to keep black people afraid it's that kind of, yeah it's that direct they're kind of dispelling myths oh
3: massive and, and also i mean i don't know i'm actually going to look at when this came out because obviously we know that EZE contracted hiv and i mean we'll cover him i think in another episode i yes. hope anyway sarah that's just a you know subtle suggest- hint <laughs> hint hint but yeah so it's definitely something that needs to be talked about we've talked about like magic johnson do you remember in the magic johnson episode everyone thought that he must have been sleeping with men they thought he must have been gay yeah. he was like no that's not it at all and so i think it was a really important message that's amazing that they did that
1: it is and throughout the song they say america is dying slowly which obviously are the initials of aids and get it into people. Oh my god that's so clever Now, it didn't chart. Well, not that I can see. If it did, I can't see where, but I'm not an expert on uh, popular music, as you can now tell. (laughs) I love the way you even call it that, on the popular music. (laughs) Is that what the kids call it? Yes. (laughs) Trying so hard to be down with the kids. (laughs) Not pulling it off at all, am I? But I do know it appeared on a compilation album called America is Dying Slowly, and it was the eighth in the Red Hot AIDS Benefit Series. Red Hot organization compiled collaborations with different artists, stuck it all on an album, released it, raised funds for AIDS charities and HIV charities in America. Amazing. I know. So on this particular album, they also had, I'll pick the ones that I've heard of, De La Soul. Oh, I love De La Soul. Coolio. Wasn't there a Coolio song?
3: Do you remember Too Hot? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it came after Gangster's Paradise. But I'm sure if you go back and listen, because the video was about being in a motel and it was, um, you know, too hot. I can't really remember the rest of the lyrics. (laughs) But I swear there were some HIV references. I know you're only picking a few in there as well. So I think that was another one that had...
1: Ooh, maybe that was the song that appeared on the album. There were other artists, including somebody called Chub Rock. I love that it was aids was one of the first of such efforts aimed at reaching out to african american men through pop culture so what red hot did is so clever actually is they're a not for profit organization and they're dedicated to fighting aids through pop culture and they've worked with over 400 artists producers directors and they've compiled over 15 albums but they don't just focus on rap and hip hop they focus on other kind of musical styles as well so they've done albums that feature Dance artists, Latin, country, rock. But the aim is always the same, to raise awareness about hiv through music. It's such a clever way to do things and to appeal to audiences that can be quite difficult to raise awareness with. Absolutely. I think that's amazing. What a good idea. I know it's an amazing idea. So they've raised millions of dollars for HIV charities, including um, organisations like Act Up. Remember from the Keith Haring podcast? Oh, yeah. A very passionate supporter of them. And that's what they do. That's their sole purpose, is to encourage kind of musicians and artists to contribute songs for their albums. Oh, wow. And they're still going? They're, they're still... No. Oh, fab. We'll definitely share the link. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, we should do. So great, great work by them. And that's it, really. That is a very quick journey through HIV and music. And we will come back to this. There's so much that we haven't covered. But, you know, we haven't covered HIV-positive singers, we film soundtracks. We haven't covered all kinds of things. There's a lot. We've only just dipped our toe into the pool of HIV music.
3: I like that. This is like our little music episode, volume one.
1: There will be more There will be more Yes there's loads more This is going to provide Months of content Which I bet you can't wait for
3: (laughs) I can't wait to actually Give me a little playlist For the rest of my day I'm just going to go And listen to all of these Well there you go My job here is done Thank you very much (laughs) Is that it? Okay bye (laughs) (laughs) No that was awesome Thank you A lot of those I didn't didn't know at all Were anything to do With HMV Like Jesus to a child I would not have No I had no idea Well, there you go.
1: Every day's a school day with us, Sarah. (laughs) Yes, it is. Providing a public service at any opportunity.
3: Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about the work that we do, visit tvps.org.uk. And please like, subscribe and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it.